Everybody's feeling blessed on this beautiful, beautiful Monday morning that God has decided to wake us up in. If you are happy that God woke you up this morning, say amen, amen, amen. Let them know that you love them right where you're standing. Let's go ahead and give God some praise because he is worthy to be praised. Heavenly Father, we come boldly to the throne this morning. We come with praises and thanksgiving in our mouths, O Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for the very breath that we are breathing, Heavenly Father. We thank you for breathing your breath into our bodies this morning, Father God. We thank you for every working limb and every working organ in our bodies, O Heavenly Father. We thank you for the covenant, Father God, that you made with us so long, long, long ago, Father God. We thank you, Father God, for being the God of Isaac, Abraham, and Jacob, O Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we call out to you right now in the name of Jesus, Father God, to make our crooked path straight on this day, O Heavenly Father. We thank you for every family member, every friend, Heavenly Father, and every enemy too, O Heavenly Father. We know that you sit up high and that you look down low, Father God, and there is no one else like you, Father God, that can feed and clothe us, O Heavenly Father, let alone the lilies in the field and the birds in the air, O Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now for making us, allowing us to dwell in our secret dwelling place with you, O Father God. We know that you're able to do all things, Father God. Father God, we know that we are freely able to come to you each and every day of our lives, O Heavenly Father God. We know that you're able to do all things in our lives, Father Father God. So on this day, Father God, we turn it all over to you, Father God. We leave it right there on the throne, oh Heavenly Father. We cast all our cares upon you this morning, oh Heavenly Father. If it wasn't for your grace and your mercy, Father God, we wouldn't be here this day, Father God. We recognize your strength, oh Heavenly Father. We recognize your power, oh Heavenly Father. And we recognize your glory, oh Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, have your way in our lives on this day, O Heavenly Father. Let us not stumble, crumble, or fall this week, O Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus, right now we plead the blood over our lives, O Heavenly Father. We ask, Father God, that you let the oil get through this week, Father God. Let our hearts and our minds stay steadfast on your word, O Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we know that there is no one in this world that can love us like you love us. We just live 
your name up in praise right now, Father God, for all that you've done and all that you will continue to do in our lives, oh Father God. Open up the windows of heaven, Father God, and pour out your mercy and your grace like sweet morning dew on our lives, oh Heavenly Father. Let us be, Father God, one with you, Father God. We thank you for being our friend, oh Father God, and most of all, we thank you for being our protector. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. Guys, you got to give God some praise for waking you up on this beautiful, beautiful morning, having you standing right where you're at, having you work right at where you're at. I know sometimes we can grumble about a whole lot of things in our life. I am a witness to that, but I am also a witness to God's grace and mercy and all the things that he's doing in my life. Just talk to him. Sometimes I talk to him and I get all mixed up and jumbled up. But once I get my mind straight, I just talk to him from my heart. Because sometimes we can overthink our conversations with our Heavenly Father. And all he wants you to do is just talk to him. Talk to him like you talk to a friend or a family member. Just talk to him. So we're going to pick up where we left off on Friday Uh, I didn't get a chance to come to you guys on Saturday, but, you know, as I was reading my word, it is so much to unpack. I flipped through the pages, and the pages seemed few on Friday, and I thought we'd be able to get through it on Monday, but it is just so much to unpack. We may be finishing this thing up Wednesday or Friday of this week, so let's go ahead and jump into what I got into on this very, very morning. So we're in Genesis chapter 45 for those of you that's just joining us. Thank you, thank you so much for supporting Morning Inspirations if this is your first time listening to us. And if you are an old head like me, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I hope this wakes up your spirit and keep your hearts and your minds steadfast on God's word. Chapter 45 goes a little bit like this. Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood before him. And he cried out make it everyone make everyone go from me he cried so no one stood with him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers and he wept aloud and the Egyptians of the house of Pharaoh heard it then Joseph said to his brothers I am Joseph does my father still live but his brothers could not answer him for they were dismayed in his presence and Joseph said to his brothers please come near me so they came near then he said I am Joseph your brother whom you sold to Egypt but now do not do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourself because you sold me here for God sent me here before you to preserve your life let me stop right there Joseph has recognized the power of God and everything that he has done he has sent them back to the land of Canaan with corn grain and their money they have come back He kept their brother. They've come back with Benjamin uh, at his request because he wanted to lay his eyes on Benjamin. Uh, 
They went back and told their father, the man, the governor, when we went and bought the corn and the grain prior, he wants, he said, we can't come back, we can't see his face until we bring our youngest brother, in which we told him that our father lives, we have one that doesn't live, and we have a baby brother. And when they went back and told Jacob all this stuff, Jacob said, why do y'all be, uh, be, be ill me so? Why do y'all make my heart with grievance? Why would you tell this man that you have another brother? And he's already then kept Simon. And now he wants you to bring my son back. So when we get to this point, Benjamin's back with them. They have dined with Joseph. Joseph has sent them away with their money again and some more corn and grain. But he had his steward put his silver cup into Benjamin's sack as if Benjamin had stole the cup. But all the while, his plan was to keep Benjamin with him. But God turned that thing around, and we are right here in the midst of their coming back, de- de- denying that they kept the first uh, sack of money, and they're pleading their case. Judah is pleading the case for them. <laughs> Judah reminds me of one of those siblings like myself, loud and going to get her point across. You know, it's eight of us, nine of us, eight, nine of us. And, you know, I was always the loudest one out of my brothers and sisters. And Judah, it reminds me of that, the loudest one, the one that's most bold, not scared to do anything good or bad. So he's pleading the case of his brethren, but he also had promised prior to this uh, event taking place right now, he had promised his father that if he sent Benjamin with him, that when uh, he would take full responsibility for Benjamin. And if Benjamin did not come back, that he, his father, let, let all whatever ill befalls on him that he would take the punishment for that. So he's got to plead, he was having to plead that case for for Joseph to send Benjamin back now that Joseph have set the stage where it looks like Benjamin has stole this cup. And Joseph's like, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. You know, I'm not going to punish all of you for one man's crime. Just leave the boy. Leave Benjamin. But the plan in Joseph's head was the fact that he gets to be with his baby brother. But God shows up right on time. He unhardens that heart. And Joseph, God is already with Joseph. He's been with Joseph as long as Joseph's been in Egypt. So Joseph has to break down and he starts to weep. And we're right here where where he tells them, I am your brother in whom you sold to Egypt. You sold me to Egypt. But now he's starting to recognize God's grace and mercy because in the power of God, let's just say that the power of God, because he said, you sold me. But don't be dismayed because God sent me here to preserve life. Well, we already already know this is what has taken place in Egypt. We know that Pharaoh 
uh, had those dreams. Joseph was able to interpret the dreams and he was able to single-handedly with God, with God, save the land of Egypt from the phantom that would take place seven years. Now we're only two years into this phantom as Joseph begins to explain to his brothers. He says, now look, chapter 45, verse 6 says, for these two years, the phantom has been in the land and there will still be five years in which there will be neither plowing nor harvest. He tells them there will be neither plowing nor harvest. And God sent me here before you to preserve a postery for you in the earth and to save your lives by great deliverance. So, right here we see Joseph recognizing the hand of God in this. He had to leave in order to be in position to do what God wants him to do. And as that applies to our lives, let me just say this. Sometimes we, God will allow us to be in situations or put situations in our path. Just like Baal and the donkey, if you guys know that story. To put us in position to be where he needs us to be. I don't care how long it takes. Sometimes he'll allow things that we, with our carnal mind and our unleavened thinking, he will put us in positions so that we can be right where he needs us to be when he gets ready to use us. Let that sink in for a moment. Let that sink in for a moment. I can go through my memory decks like someone shuffling cards right now in this moment. In this moment. Not knowing that I'm in a position right now that God needed me to be in. I didn't know why I was in this position. And every day I kept questioning God because I wanted to go left and he wanted me to go right. But I come to realize that I'm in the position in my life that God needed me to be in, even with all the trials that I've been through. I had to be in this position And it doesn't feel good sometimes when God needs us to be in a position, especially, let me point this out, when you're going against the grain. When we listen to that small, still voice that we normally ignore and we go on and do it our our way anyway, we let that loud voice in our thoughts overpower the small voice, that small voice that always going to keep us on the right path. It's always going to tell us the truth about ourselves, whether we like it or not. It's always going to be whispering to us. You know you ain't supposed to be doing that. You know you shouldn't say that. 
But we as people, we listen to the loud voice. And we have to end up going all the way around the mulberry bush, as my mother used to say. But the bottom line of that is, we we are always going to end up in the position that God needs us to be in. Why? Because us going against the grain is not going to stop what God has planned in our lives if he has his hands on you. So let's move a little bit further. So he says to them, God sent me before you to preserve uh, postery in your in postery for you in earth and to save your lives. So now it was not you who sent me here, but it was God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and the Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout the land. So he's telling them, don't beat yourself up. Don't be angry with yourselves. I know you feel bad for throwing me in that pit and, and, and selling me off, but it wasn't you. I had to go through those things because God needed me to be right here where I'm at. But he tells them as well, look at God's favor, grace, and mercy. He tells them, Harry and go to my father and say to him, thus says your son Joseph, God has made me Lord of all of Egypt. Come down to me. Do not tarry. You shall dwell in the land of Goshen and you shall be near to me, you and your children, your children's children, your flock and your herd and all that you have. There I will provide for you, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty. For there is still five years of phantom. And behold, your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. So you should tell my father of all my glory in Egypt and all that that you have seen. And you share Harry and bring my father down here. Then he fell on Benjamin's neck and wept. And Benjamin wept on his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. And after his brothers talked with him, now the report of this was heard in Pharaoh's house that Joseph's brothers had come. So it pleased Pharaoh and his servants well. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, Say to your brothers, do this. Load your animals and depart and go to the land of Canaan. Bring your father and your household and come to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt and you will eat the fat of the land. How many of you can say that God made a promise in your life that he did not keep? God was with Joseph. He never left Joseph. And in return, Joseph never left God. He remembered his father, Israel, Jacob's God. Through all this time, 
There had to be some faith and some favor in there. Everybody in Egypt kept saying, Joseph, your God. Not their God, your God. Look how God has turned this thing around in favor of Joseph's brothers. I don't know about you, but I don't think that I've always been in my life where somebody can wrong me and I can turn around and bless them so well. Just think about it this way. Let's just say you win the lottery and you got all these enemies, especially your family. Some of us would say, you know, I ain't giving my sister or my brother nothing. They done wronged me all my life. Ha, ha, ha. Look at me now. I got enough money to buy the biggest house, the biggest car. I can buy the block if I want to. And some of us would be in that bitter place with that wealth that we wouldn't bless our family members. But when God is with you and for you, he changes hearts and minds. That's why we have to ask him every day to create in us a clean heart and a clean mind. Go before us and make our crooked path straight and let his light shine through us. Because if it wasn't for God's grace and mercy and his light shining through Joseph, Joseph, if he would have held on to that bitterness, he probably wouldn't have recognized that, A, God has always been with him. Because I can't imagine, I've never been to prison, but I can't imagine trying to hold on to God and I'm in prison for something that I didn't even do. I'm trying to run away from this man's wife but I get thrown in prison. I I don't even think that I can wrap my mind around it. Most of us can't wrap our mind around the small things that go wrong in our life, let alone something big like this, only to come out on the other side and see God's hand in it. Now, we see God's hand in this. Not only has Joseph revealed himself to them, they know now he the man. He the governor. And when he breaks this thing down for him, he says to him, I am the father of Pharaoh and all his household. Did y'all pick that tidbit up when I was reading it in chapter 45? He said, I am the father. Chapter 45, verse 8. He says, so now it was not you who sent me, but God. He has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler, a ruler throughout Egypt. And not only after he finished breaking this down to his brothers. Pharaoh was happy for him. Pharaoh and the servants. So Pharaoh sent tell, hey look, them your brothers, that's family. That's family. You know, we all got someone that we might have never seen in a while, but we know our cousins, that's family right there. 
that's family right there. I'll tell you a quick funny story. I've been uh, going back and forth to my childhood church, my grandmother uh, uh, that pastored that church. She built it from the ground up uh, with the help of the members, the, the parsonage. And um, I've been going back and forth, and I cannot escape someone calling me little Edna. God, your mama ain't gonna lead this world until you lead this world, girl. I'm telling you, not one person, but everybody. In my eyes, I can't see it. But I guess everybody sees, you know, my mom in me. And this is what we have here. So they embrace me. They have been embracing me as I've been visiting my childhood church. Because that's where my heart has been. That's where my heart has been. So I've been going back and forth, traveling up and down the road from North Carolina to Virginia to go to church sporadically these last couple weeks. And then I'll, I'll go to my home church. But they recognize family. That's the moral of that story. And Pharaoh, he recognizes Joseph's family. That's family. Tell them to pack their bags and come on down here. So, And that's what he tells them. And Pharaoh says to Joseph, chapter 45, verse 17, and Pharaoh says to Joseph, say to your brothers, do this, load your animals and depart to go to the land of Canaan. Bring your father and your household and come to me. I will give you the best of the land in Egypt and you will eat the fat of the land. Now I command it, do this, take carts out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and your wives bring your father and come also do not concern be concerned about your goods for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours and the sons of Israel did so and Joseph gave them carts according to the command of Pharaoh and he gave them provisions for the journey he gave gave to all of them, to each man, changes of garments. But to Benjamin, he gave 300 silver pieces and five changes of garments. And he sent to his father these things, 10 donkeys loaded with good things of Egypt and 10 female donkeys loaded with grain, bread, and food for his father for the journey. So he, so he sent his brothers away, and they departed. And he said to them, See that you do not come troubled along the way. Then they went up out of Egypt and came to the land of Canaan, to Jacob their father. And they told him, saying, Jacob is alive, and he is governor. Let's stop right there for just one second. You mean to tell me not only is my brother governor but he has favor with Pharaoh so much favor that this man has extended us an olive branch because of the love that he has for Joseph I can imagine Pharaoh saying this is my mind Joseph is my family. So if that's Joseph's family, they as well as my family. As good as I treat Joseph, 
I gotta treat his family just as well. This is the king that we're talking about. He don't owe nobody nothing. But because of Joseph and God being with Joseph and directing Joseph's footsteps, guiding him along the way, making him an interpreter, and showing and, and, and also making him a businessman. A lot of us want to do things in life that we don't incorporate God into. We look at the big house, the fancy cars, and all that good stuff. I know because I once was there. But when we incorporate God into the plan, free will, freely invite him into your life. And no matter what, good or bad, let him be your friend and walk beside you. No matter how it looks, because we put our hands in it, now he's got to clean it up. It may take him some time to clean it up. But standing on that faith, that everlasting faith, remembering we're not always going to see what we want. We just got to have faith. Because faith is the evidence of things hoped for. hoped for but not seen and by this the elders were able to obtain a good report that's what they did in the old days that's what we got to get back to today standing on our faith the sin is always going to be in the eye it's always going to be tempted we're always going to be tempted by something like these brothers so very long long time ago But when we keep our hand in God's hand and just let him be our friend, he'll direct our path. Now these boys are going back loaded down with stuff to get their family, to get their father, Pharaoh. Not only have Joseph told them to go get his father, Pharaoh has told him, go get your father, your family, don't worry about your goods. You were everything in the land of Egypt you will benefit from. It is yours. Because of one man that they decided to do wrong and God had his favor, had his hands on his life. I don't know how many of us are in the position to ever help someone and bless them that tremendously. But that's the power of God. When God puts you in a position to be able to bless someone, you got more than enough, but you holding on so tightly to the stuff that you have that you don't want to help anybody else. I don't care if it's a small breadcrumb. Opening up your door, giving somebody a ride. You holding on so tight with your decisions. Oh, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I'm just not, 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 not. I just can't. But I can pray for you. That's great. That is great. But God will get the glory out of everything. And by you blessing someone else with something that you got more than enough for, 
You got more than enough food. You got more than enough money. You got more than enough room in your house. And to be able to see them flourish off of what what you gave them that would benefit them in their life. That's the glory. That's the glory. And they can go on and tell someone else about Susie Q and how Susie Q didn't have to do none of this stuff for me. But she did. And they'll see the favor of God on Susie Q's life and the blessing on yours. Sometimes we got to be delivered and set free from bondage of the stuff that we hold so tightly to. This whole chapter shows us how things are freely given. Things have been freely given to this family that meant to do harm to their family member. But God turned it around in the midst of everything. Not only were they tested But they wasn't tested for very long. What? Maybe 30, 45 days at that. My Matthew, excuse me. My Matthew Henry tells me it possibly was a 10-day journey from Canaan to Egypt. There and back. So that's 20 days. So let's just chalk it up. Let's just say 22 months. That they went through this little tidbit of a test that Joseph decided to put them through to see where their hearts lie and to get information to see if his father and his brother was still living or that they do away with the brother like they did away with him. They all went through a small trial. Joseph has been being going through something his entire life. But the favor of God has been with him. And he was able to extend an olive branch. And because of Pharaoh, he was in a position to do that. God was working with all of these people, a multitude of people. God just doesn't work with one person. It's a domino effect. If I bless you, then it's your job to go on and bless someone else. And it's their job to go on and bless someone else. That's how he gets the glory and the favor out of it. It's the glory and the favor. It's the glory and the favor. It's the glory and the favor. And it's a feel good. God wants us to feel good. It's a feel good. It's a feel good. It makes your heart feel good. To see someone else happy. I would think. But that's the way we're supposed to be. So that they can go on. And bless someone else. As we continue to unpack this. I want to take my time. Because they go back. And they tell. Israel. That indeed. Joseph is alive. In the next couple chapters, I notice that they're no longer calling him Jacob. The Bible is now calling him Israel because of his name changed. And he's so astonished. He can't believe it. 
that his son is still alive. He's a little bit taken aback. But he goes to Beersheba, where God visits him. Remember, Isaac and Abraham went to Beersheba as well and talked to God. So we'll jump right into that on Wednesday. I hope you were blessed on this Monday morning with all that God has for uh, had for us. Uh, it has just been a wonderful, wonderful pleasure to be able to talk to you guys about this story and the many to come. You know, forgive me for my uh, mispronunciations of things a little bit. That's a test and trial for me as I get tongue-tied. I do get tongue-tied, but that is a testimony. That is my testimony that I have shared with many, many of people about my trials and the decisions that I made. So sometimes I might get a little bit jumbled in my wording. And sometimes I'm a little bit excited. Sometimes when God opens up the windows of heaven and lays it on somebody else's heart to have a conversation with me or just have a conversation with me, I'm so excited about the good news that my heart starts to speak before my mouth can catch up with with it. So you guys bear with me in my excitement in my life because God is just an awesome God. Peace and blessings to you all until Wednesday, if it be in God's will. We'll see you right back here on Wednesday. Please, 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 if you listen to the show, head on over, key in 12th Street Talk Back on any of your Google it. My website will pop up. Leave us a review over there on the website. Please, please, please leave us a message over there in any of your listening platforms, Spotify, Apple, Amazon. Look up 12th Street Talk Bad. Leave us a review. Rate the show. We look forward to hearing from you. Until next time, God be with you. This podcast is sponsored by Faithful Counseling. What's up, guys? It's your girl, Victoria J. from 12th Street Talk Back and Morning Inspirations. Did you guys pour into yourself? I hope you poured into yourself today. If not, sometimes we can need a little bit more pouring. And today, I'm here to offer you just that. With my new friends and partners, Faithful Counseling. You all always hear me talk about partnering with my Christian comrades in Christ and always needing that extra shoulder to lean on as well as my faith. Well, today you can take comfort in having that exact same partner with Faithful Counseling. Thank you, Faithful Counseling, for sponsoring this podcast. With Faithful Counseling, you will get access to your needs and you'll be matched with your own licensed professional therapist who is a practicing Christian. That's right, who is a practicing Christian. You can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's text, chat, phone, or video call. 
And you can message your therapist at any time to schedule live sessions when it's convenient for you. And if your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional cost. With Faithful Counseling, you get the same professionalism and quality you can expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you. More scheduling, flexibility, and at a more affordable price. Get 10% off your first month at FaithfulCounseling.com slash 12 Street Talk Back. That's FaithfulCounseling.com slash 12 Street Talk Back. I've also linked it in the description below. Let's start pouring into yourself today with your new partner at Faithful Counseling.